This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life, hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off. And to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative insurgency up, in their lives. You fire me up, Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Now, Marcus, my dream, my entire childhood, my entire life was to play football. I thought you said you couldn't remember a part of that. <laughs> and let's get back to the whole thing. Uh, that reminded me of another thing that you didn't know what jock jams were. I what did. was that? Was that Andre's interview? <laughs> I, what do you, I, this jock jams thing, I still haven't looked it up, so I don't even know. Because you it's came real. down with the buffer uh, intro. Oh. And thinking about, yeah, man, them guys true. fire you up from inside that television set. Oh. For, for people who, who don't even watch boxing. I mean, if there's a big fight going on, those and they come in, they get you fired up. Man, their, their personalities, especially uh, Bruce, man, he, he can get away with wearing that flamboyant jacket oh, and just yeah. being on fire. He's on fire. All the time. Yeah. I mean, he gets you fired up. I love him. God I love dang, him. man. That yeah. guy's all the time. And that's why I can't believe you didn't know Jock Jams. Well... I, I'm sorry. I was too busy playing football. That that's a that's a damn <laughs> jock jams. Okay, that <laughs> that's the baffling part to me is that I know you're a, a badass athlete. <laughs> so we we got a kick. We got a killer show. It's about football. We got a great football player coming on. I'm stoked. But before we get into that. Wizard came up with uh, our own kind of mad minute he's got for us, all right? And this thing is called That's Debatable. So he's going to fire off random topics at you and I, and we're either going to debate or agree on them. Uh, 30 seconds per. Are you fired up? Yeah. All right, because I'm, I'm, I'm a great debater, by the way. What, what are we doing, Wizard? Toss it. Gentlemen, welcome to That's Debatable. 30 seconds on the clock. Question number one. Ninja versus pirate debate. Ninja. Ninjas. Yeah, yeah, ninjas, yeah. Pirates are kind of wuss. And ninjas dude. aren't going to be out on the ocean. Well, the one cool thing, though, what, about pirates. Like, they hold come on. in port? Hold what on. Port? Hold on. At least pirates are, don't stay in one little area. They travel to seven seas. Yeah, no, they're badasses. Don't get so me wrong. They got out there a little bit. Yeah, they can scrap. Can I change my answer and go to pirates now? All right. Yeah. When are they going to? Because I think ninjas are a little reclusive. They don't, they don't get out and Best, do their you're thing. You're wrong, then. Right. That's completely, that's debatable. <laughs> right? Time. Question two. Werewolf versus vampire. Vampire. Uh, vampire. You know what? Underworld. Oh, dude, that's all. Right. That's what's in exactly. my brain right now. I'm sorry, I was late to the party. <laughs> all I'm thinking about is Underworld. When she's standing on that oh. ledge. Oh. oh, dude. They can bite and live forever, dude. What was Lestat from what the vampire? What was that I'm movie? About Underworld. That's I, I, yeah. That interview with the vampire. Interview with the vampire, oh, dude. Done. Time. Texas versus Carolina barbecue. Easy. Carolina. Sweet, awesome vinegar kills Texas barbecue. That has to do with where you're born, man. Plain and simple, right? Well, if that were the case, then I'd love like Cuban barbecue or whatever. But I yeah, that's good barbecue it is, too. Right? But it doesn't hold a candle to <laughs> Texas barbecue. I think it. I, I what it is. 
is. Nothing holds a candle to Texas barbecue just like you just said, right? I got oh it. I God. twisted it, right? Shoot, I lost. I, I lost my own argument on that one. <laughs> Time. Question number four. Dickies versus Carhartt debate. Dickies, hands down. For what? Because here, let me hear me out. Are you out of your mind? Here's dude? what. Here's what. You can do a pull, full work day, right? I when I work when I pulled beer on my I cousin's mean, yeah, beer truck. Hold on, I, I pulled beer off my my cousin's beer trucks and I wore dickies, right? Uh, and then you can't I, you can't slack cards off your when, ass. When I when I finish, I would throw on my Chuck Taylors, put on my chain wallet, grease back my hair in a. In a and a white beater, and I could go to a punk rock top. I, so Dickies have style, bro. Carhartt, I dig that no style, style, man. I, I have. You're, if, when you bring Carhartt into the whole deal, man, that's a work. That's a working thing. Like outside on the rigs, just gnarly. Ah. Time. Question number five. Best A team member. Original TV show. Go. Best A team member. All oh, original TV show. Face. Face. You man. a face man? Oh, I love face man. I, like I love face it. too, man. Because <laughs> he's like us. That's Corbin, dude. Question number six Alien versus Predator. Oh, that's tough. Killer, man, yeah. That's hard. I'm a Predator guy because of the. You are a Predator I, I, guy. I remember, because I, I want to dress up like Predator. Lord, you you just once. said we were going to go I get am. costumes for like $1,000 each. <laughs> oh, we better own that stuff. It don't cost that much. Well, you better be wearing that every Halloween for the next. I wear it, yeah, every Halloween. <laughs> for I the swear. next 20 years. I'll wear it on the damn show. I, I, I have to say, I, you know, because. Those are great. Hey, man, they, those, they turned that into a hell of a fight deal because each one of their defense mechanisms offset the other. Oh. And it's, it's literally who makes a mistake. I just think that Alien is just. I mean, he can. I mean, he's bad. He is. Yeah, Alien is just vicious. He's just bad, dude. When that when he pops out hey, his stomach that? in the first mm, one, God, who invented the damn face sucker? What a horrible <laughs> mental. I mean, just Image. to know that that exists on TV is disturbing, right? And it's got to be out there for real. Yeah, it's coming at you with the deals going. Time. Final question: College versus professional football. Oh, that's easy. College. College. Hands down. Yeah. Hands down. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I love pro football because I love what it takes to get there. I love the performance. It'd be like saying, you know, there is a, a definitive difference. For personal enjoyment watching, I love to watch kids, still idealistic. But pro football, there's something amazing about it, right? I mean, there's something. Oh, they're pros. They're pros. Well, that's the, to me, it's tough to, to compare those two because they are the, the pros, the pros. They're and, the best of the best. And in college, man, it's the it's the whole atmosphere. Yeah, right. That that town, and, and the same way with the pro teams, the, the the cities get behind them. But I mean, the you know as well as I do, the college towns, man. Even if you're from one of them, Penn State, dude, <laughs> one of the biggest. Even in the if, country. if you're from a college that that no one hangs around at on the weekends, <laughs> man, they go to the football games. Brother, Penn State would go from eighty five thousand people to half a million people on on football weekends. It was insane. Oh so, yeah, man. But uh, but pro, I'm saying. There's something unique about how the far they've pushed their profession. And that's why I'm so stoked for this show because we've got an amazing guy who literally came from that small school that you're talking about, right? In the NAIA. Oh, yeah. And got the opportunity. Well, and that's went, why, man, even at them small schools, they get it on. Oh, national champion. Dude. I mean, and, and, and he worked his ass off because of this amazing incredible work ethic that he has and I can't find wait to find out where that came from but you know and he got to one of the biggest teams in NFL which is Dallas Cowboys so let's bring him on the show without further ado let's get old Patrick Creighton on now huh all right Marcus I just gotta tell you right now bro I, I have to let you know, and I and I said a little bit of a lead up. I talked a lot about my passion for football myself. So the fact that this guest, our first official true football player, that's coming on, <laughs> I am unbelievably fired up, brother. Texas boy. And, yes, Annie's the Texas boy. So I mean, I, that actually means something to us. Oh, I know it does, and it means <laughs> something to me too. It means so too. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Patrick Creighton, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on here. Well, we, we sound like we got to give you some decaffeinated. <laughs> hey, like, hey, this isn't an act. This like this all the time. He's really fired up like this. 
<laughs> hey, you know what? He does drink a lot of coffee, though, man. That is a great point. <laughs> so now I'm going to get weaned off coffee, right? <laughs> I'll shoot somebody if somebody takes my coffee away from me. <laughs> All right, so Patrick, what we do but to just get loosened up so you can get a, a feel for us as, as, as just a couple of mugs trying to find out what the meaning of the never quit mindset is about, we're going to fire off what we call the mad minute at you. We're going to fire some fun questions, okay. just shooting them at you back and forth. First thing that pops in your mind, just go ahead and, and, and send them out to us. Roger that? You got it. All right, go ahead, Marcus. Fire away. First car. First car, 84 Honda Accord. Nice, the Accord We had again. a Camry the other day. We had a Camry. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love it. I love it. All right. What is your all-time favorite sports team? Dallas Cowboys, sir. All right. That makes sense. <laughs> that hurt your feelings? It did hurt my feelings. I thought he was going to say something else. Maybe the Houston Oilers? I, mean, I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm, born, I'm, born and raised, I'm born and raised in Dallas. So I know, man. He's I like, grew yeah. up in it. So. That's, like, that's, like, that's, a, that's another thing. It That's is. another Texas thing. It is a Texas thing. <laughs> in Florida, you know, we don't have like a a real Florida team. Everything's all spread out, right? And and Miami is the right. team yeah. you love to hate. If I could play on any team, it'd be Miami. <laughs> Just to live down there, though. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you have, I, don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if Miami is a team that you love to hate because technically they haven't won anything since '72. <laughs> that was before I was born, so I don't That's know a great if I love point. to hate them. You love to play there, but I don't know if you love to hate them. Right. I want Detroit to win a World's. Aren't you that? I mean. Yeah, I, I cheer for the underdog for sure all the time. We're way but, past the underdog with them guys. They're snake bit. Oh, they are. Right? <laughs> right? They, ha- they are. They're snake bit. That hurts. Yeah. yeah. That hurts. They're, that hurts a lot. They're the underdog of the underdog. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they're under the dog. Patrick. It's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like the teams in Browns. <laughs> <laughs> favorite helmet. Remember I told you that? <laughs> That's favorite helmet. All right. All right. Uh, let's stop beating uh, up on uh, Miami. Uh, Next question. Next yeah, uh, question. All right. Hey, you know, Dwayne's from, he's a big Miami guy, man. He's a hurricane too. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. So well, I love, mad love for yeah, them, but man. that was a different thing, man. I loved going to hurricane games when Florida State and all that. Different thing, man. But going down to Miami and especially when Dan Marino was playing back when I was still playing. Big Dan. It was like, he was my idol because, you know, but they never won. So I'm, we're going to, we're going to leave Miami. Loved him and Ace Ventura, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey Patrick, you ready, brother? Favorite favorite superhero? Favorite superhero? Oh wow! Uh, ooh, I don't know if I have one, dude. Uh, the Flash. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. I think nice. that's the first one on that one. All yeah. right, if if you could pick anybody's brain in history, like sit down, spend a couple hours with them, chatting with them, talk to them, whose brain would you like to pick? Oh wow! Uh, it'd probably be either Muhammad Ali or Gandhi. Ooh, good ones. I dig it. You'd be there for a while with Gandhi, man. Oh, my God. Right? Yes, you yeah, would. Yeah, I know it. I know it. He's deep, right? He's super deep. Man, I can't holly. Man, I, I didn't like him when he died, man. That my was da- tough. My dad, when I watch him, fight, we're getting off. The- <laughs> that was the only connection I had with my old man, was that watching him fight. Was watching Ali? Yeah. Really? Love to talk about <laughs> Ali fights. Really? Weird. That yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, brother. Movie character you like to play out in real life. So if you could become Ooh, anybody in the movies and play, oh, yeah, there you go. I, I, I got to be Bruce Wayne. He was a billionaire, dude. <laughs> nice. And, he, was a, and he, was a, he was a he was a single billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's a great answer. Bruce Wayne, right? It is, I, it's a great answer. I throw Bruce, Bruce Wayne stuff around here all the time. Uh, all right, all right. Here you go. What is something? What is one of the best things that you've ever done in your life? Best things I've ever done in my life. Uh, I think number one would be getting my college degree, and number two would be marrying my wife and starting my family. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, I got to know. I, I I ask all the guys this all the time, man. College football or or pros? What do you what do you watch? Ooh, we uh, well, I watch both. Oh, okay. I watch both. Both but, uh, right. You know, I watch. I watch the pro football game a lot differently than I watch the college game. I actually watch the college football game as a true fan. Okay, that's why I was asking, right? Because I ask all the guys when I'm down at Exos all, when yeah. they're coming into the league. I'm like, all right, always remember what you like to watch, yeah. right? College or pros, and then keep that in your head. Stay young. That's for look sure. At, you look at it yeah, differently. Uh, yeah, I'm watching it differently. Yep. So I, I would I would say I think I get more excited, I think, sometimes for the college game than I do the pro game because the pro game – I'm watching and like a lot of the players, you know, because there's free agency and teams and guys leave from team to team and stuff like that in college. But that's where you went and that's what you cheer for. And that's what you bleed, you know, once you leave there. So 
Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The whole town is just, I mean, y'all are the gladiators for that town. Everybody shows up to watch them fight the other gladiators, right? In the arena. I mean, I get stoked just talking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Th- well, that's a great segue into the next section. And, and you know, wh- one thing we just got to give a shout out to TK from PX3 Sports uh, for hooking us up with you. And just really, you know, we're really thankful for you to come on because one of the awesome things uh, about the show is, you know, the reason why we do this, Patrick, is to show our guests and our or our listeners out there who, you know, how you discover the never quit attitude, how you realize, uh, you know, to keep coming back, to never quit, to never get up in the face of all adversity. And, right. and man, when I called TK and I said, Hey, TK, listen, I, 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 we, I need somebody I need a, I want to, you know, I'd love to have a professional football player that really understood the struggle uh, of coming out of college, getting into the pros, the whole deal, even struggle, just, playing football, the whole deal. And, and he was like, man, I got the perfect guy, Patrick. And he, it was that instantaneous. So, you know, let's get into what the listeners want to hear from you. And and if you could, can you please sh- share with us your greatest never quit story? You know what? I don't, I don't know if it's a, just a single story. I think it's more of kind of my life in a nutshell from the time after graduation and from high school to, you know, up to now. Uh, you know, a lot of the athletes say that same thing. A lot of the athletes that when we ask them, when Reds ask them that question, and they're like, you know what, man, damn, it's about it's it's a lot. So, yeah, have at it, brother. Let's hear it. So, so I'll give you the shorter version versus the longer version. Because the longer version, we need to sit back and and have drinks and cocktails and yeah, maybe right. some steak or something like that to hear the long version. That's so, a given. That's short a version. Yeah, short version. Uh, coming out of high school. Recruited, uh, I signed with Texas Tech coming out of high school. Well, because I didn't, you know, take care of my books when I was in high school. Uh, you know, I just tried to do just enough to try to get by. It didn't, it didn't work out, basically. You know, test scores were great, but Texas Tech decided, you know, send him to JUCO. Let him get his GPA up, everything, and stuff like that. Get some experience. You know, it'd be good. Get just to the college life. So I decided late. Then I was going to go ahead and go to Tyler Junior College. I think I decided like literally, probably like in July. Oh wow! And by that time, you know they were you know they were done with their scholarships and stuff. Okay, fine, that's that's, that's fine. I'll come down there. I'll just go to school for a second, and I walk. You know, I'll come on in the spring. Not a problem. Well, I got down there basically, man, and I hung out and didn't take care of my books down there. Basically, hung out and I chased tail. Basically, that's all it was to it. Uh, I did that in college. So I'm back at home. <laughs> yeah, I'm back at <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm back at home the following year, man. I'm back underneath my mom's roof. And, you know, she basically gave me the ultimatum. She was like, if you're going to be here in this house, you're going to work, then you're going to get back to school. It's going to be one or the other. So, you know, I went to work at the time, man. And, you know, I just really just dreaded being oh, back under my mom's house. You know, you don't have the independence. You got to go back and follow those rules and all that stuff. I, it just really just mentally... It just really just got me. <laughs> when you come back under the roof, they're cooking for you. You know, like, hey, what time are you going to be home? Your mom's asking that, right? So it's like back to yeah, the, exactly. being exactly. a boy. I mean, the, yeah. the responsibilities are kind of... Regression. Right, and it starts to eat at you. It, right. It, the guy who has that yeah. true spirit. A man. A yeah. man, it eats at him. Yeah, so it was just it was just absolutely just like crazy. And then that's... 99 is when I, you know, basically that's when I got saved, actually. Really, Honestly, my uh, one of my my best friend, 
uh, we started going to this church, Ibach, which is in Dallas. And that's why I really just kind of like opened up because I was, you know, I grew up in the church and everything, but I don't think I ever like listened and like opened up completely. Was it one sermon? Was it one particular, imp- did it happen over time or was it an aha, I got to do this? It was just that, that aha, just kind of like you have your wake up moment and like the switch actually goes from off to on. That's cool. And the ears pop open instead of just, you're not, you're not listening with your eyes by seeing this move. You're actually hearing everything by letting the, the ears open. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I took it in. I got saved. And I was like, I told my mom, uh, I said, I'm going back to school. I don't know where I'm going to go. I said, I'm going back to school. And wherever I go, I want to go back, get in school, play football. I said, well, regardless, wherever I go, I said, I'm going to leave there with my degree. Nice. So my my college coach is is crazy how it just kind of how God works. My college my well my high school coach gives me a call. It's summertime. It's probably like June. He goes, hey, he goes, you still wanting to go back to school and try to play ball? And I was like, yeah. I said, I said, did somebody call you? What's going What's going on? He's like, well, the coach from Northwestern Oklahoma State called me. Uh, and they said they're looking for DBs. And people don't understand this. You know, I was coming out of high school. I was a safety. I was recruited as safety. Okay. So he was like, they're looking for DBs. They need a DB. He said, he's interested in you. Uh, he said, I don't know much about the school other than, you know, it's a chance for you to get back to school. They got a good football program. I said, cool. I'm in. Sign me up. I'm in. I didn't take a visit or anything. I said, just <laughs> let me know when I got to show up, when I got to show up for fall camp. And that's what I did. I showed up for fall camp, man, and I got there uh, first time on campus, and it's a true culture shock because you're coming from Dallas, huge metropolitan area, and I'm coming to Alva, Oklahoma, <laughs> which is a town of about, I think at that time, maybe 6,000 people. Oh, wow. Oklahoma. So it, was a, it was a true culture shock. I'm coming in, literally, I'm coming down the main street, and people are, like, waving and everything because I think if you get here, you realize that time, like, the only black people that are in the town actually are sports people. You know, really? they're, they're athletes. Wow. So it's not like, it's not black people that, like, live in the town. So it was just, you know, they're waving, they're like, okay, you got to play sports, we're going to wave, you know, welcome into town, stuff like that. So mom dropped me off, man, and that started my story of just another chapter in my life when I say it was probably the best decision as far as getting my life going that I've ever made, it was the right decision, the perfect decision. And that's where I, you know, I honestly believe, you know, God's like, there's certain places you got to be put in order to do it. And it's not going to always be the place that you think of. It's going to be a place that he wants you at and the place that's, that's needed for you. And this was the place that I needed to be at. Well, the remarkable thing is, and, and it's rare that when you hear somebody describe that, that really profound like this was the place I belong. This was the place that I, I needed to be. Everything God paved the road for my success. It's rare in life that you yeah. can see uh, how you can quantify that. But in four years, Patrick, you amassed five thousand six hundred and eighty-eight all-purpose yards. I mean, so at least from an athletic perspective, you destroyed. You know what was normal. So. How did it translate in your scholastic career and the relationships you made? Was the same amount of success happening all around you? Yeah, it was. It was. It was crazy because, like I said, when I told my mom that I was going to leave with my degree, I like truly meant it. I wasn't just like blowing smoke. Cool. You know, so I finished when I graduated. I graduated with three one two. Wow. So, which is huge coming from someone that did, you know, take care of his books in high school to leave college with a three one two. It's amazing. Uh, and it was just a big thing, man. It was it was serious. I was I was proud to be the first male graduate in my family. Oh, that's awesome. What what I was yeah. thinking about when you when you were talking about that, I was like when you so you, you're following a path in your life and then you, you hit a kind of a dead end and yeah. it made me think like, hey, if you ever hit dead ends in life, man, you didn't finish something training or whatever it was in the yep. path you were walking to get to there. I mean, you need to go back and finish it. Maybe that's why you hit the dead end. And when you went back and finished, told yourself, finish your degree, it not only does it catapult you out, out of where you're coming from, the kickstart to get back in right, it, because right? Because when you're younger and you're coming through and you stop and you don't, and you don't finish it and then you go into something else bigger that, Further down the line, yeah. You follow me? I'm not. I, no, I, I, no. Patrick, the, sometimes I'll hit some some <laughs> a dead end. A dead but end. no. But what what he's saying, what's remarkable to me is that you know 
it was, you know, you had hit that dead end, but by getting saved and having God and Christ in your heart and that conviction. You had to get pulled backwards a little bit to in order to get forward, forward. Right. right. Is that, is it, did you, did you, for, yeah. did, did, were you still attending church on a regular basis? Was it still a huge part of your daily routine during that success? It, it was, it was, it was, a, it was, it was still a big part. I was a member here at the school. We started FCA. So that was, that was huge. That wow. kept me kind of still involved and, you know, always with other people like-minded. Right. So that was that was a major thing. One of our coaches had the same type of mindset, and he was like, "He said, you're not. Go- I'm not going to let you falter." And like the head coach here at the time, Garen Higgins, who's at Emporia State now, uh, he was more like a father figure. Oh wow! So he, you know, he kept me on the straight and narrow, didn't let me slip or anything like that and stuff like that. And I think honestly because he was scared of my mom. <laughs> but you know, he probably so that was that, that was probably a major factor in it. But he was scared, so he was like. I know if I let you slip, your mom is going to be on my butt. So I'm not going to let you slip because I don't want her on my butt. Well, I also, I think the love he had for you and, and cause if he, you know, as a dedicated Christian and he saw, no, your, uh, yeah. no it, was, it was his mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You go, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. My mother's like her. So, I mean, it's kind of one of deals when, if you, when, when I say like my mom, man, she might get mad a little bit. Most people are like, Oh, I ain't no big deal. I can't. No, no. When they get mad, you're going to hear about it and, and feel it in a oh, whole right wrath. You know, like, it, this is your fault. Yeah. I mean, when a, yep. when a southern woman lays into it, brother, you, man, you're done. Dude, you can't do nothing. That's <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, so when you when you got towards, I mean, you you really lit the field up. You you know, I mean, you 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 really came into your own. It seems athletically. I mean, and what you were doing, I mean, to, to be able to, you know, score, you know, touchdowns, passing, receiving, rushing, kickoff and punt returns. I mean, you became really the entirety of the offense, the leader in every way, shape or form, the momentum, the energy. What was it like in that your senior year? And what when did you start to say, wow, maybe I can go to that next step? Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. You know what? Honestly, uh, just to tell you this, I didn't think about it. My junior year, my coach said something about it. And it wasn't even thinking really about, like, the next level. Of course, you know, it's in the back of your mind, and you, you know, okay, whatever. I'm not even thinking about going to the next level. My thing was, you know, at our school, we had built a tradition of, of winning. You know, when I was in college, I was part of teams. We went to three national championship games. Wow. We won one. Uh, you know, we lost the other two, but... It was about winning. So it was about, you know, how can we keep going? I want to get back to the national championship game my senior year. That's all I had on my mind. All I had on my plate. So that summer before that, like literally, I mean, when I say I busted my butt doing what I had to do, and it was like there was no workout partners or anything. I did everything solo by myself because it was like I'm not, I can't wait on anyone to try to achieve something that I'm trying to achieve. I got to be a self-motivator and a self-starter. That's number one. I try to tell like – 
kids, whenever I talk to students and stuff like that, younger kids, high school, junior high, I say, man, you can't depend on this person next to you to do what you need to do. That he can motivate you a little bit and he can kind of push you. I said, but if you can't push yourself without him pushing you, I said, you're not going to achieve because at the end of the day, when you, when you get ready to make a catch, he can't, he can't, he can't, you can't use his hands to catch the football. You can't use his arms and legs to make a tackle. You have to make that yourself. Yeah, that's huge. But what you got to do is you got to get started and be a self motivator. Your expectations for yourself are never going to be, they're going, I'm sorry, not, not, they're always going to be higher than the person that's next to you. Interesting. Expect. They're going to expect certain things, but your expectations are going to always be higher than what they expect from you. Where, where did you first discover where like that, that the clarity of that requirement and how you perform and how you function best, where did you first realize or hear it from someone or like where the light bulb went off saying, Hey, this is on me. I need to be accountable to be elite, to be great. When did that start for you, Patrick? Yeah. 99 when I got faith. That was it. In I that moment, that, that, that a lot of stuff that was a lot of stuff that was going on in my life had nothing to do with anybody else. It was all on me and decisions that I made and chose to do. Had nothing to do with anybody else. Nothing else. Nobody else forced me to to do certain things. It was all the decisions and choices that I made. Had nothing to do with it. So I was like, you know what? My decisions and choices, obviously, they got to change because I can't keep doing that if I'm trying to get somewhere and be successful in life and make my family proud. I can't keep doing that stuff if I want them to be proud of me because it's not going to work. Wow. That's awesome. All right. So you, you, you finish, at, you know, at, in this illustrious career. Tell us what happened next. Uh, 2004, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's after the season, it's starting to, you know, prepare for the draft and, like it was, it was a proud day because I had like the largest turnout of scouts uh, I think that we had, had in our school history for uh, a pro day. I think there were eighteen teams that came. Oh wow! Uh, to watch me work out that day, and it was crazy because the day they came, you know, God said, you know, he, you were gonna have a rainstorm. You're not gonna be able to go outside. <laughs> You're not gonna be able to go outside. It's gonna be rainy and cold. You're not gonna be able to go do anything on the field. Yeah, it's cold. I had to do all my it. and everything. Yeah, I had to do all my workouts and everything in the gym. Oh, wow. My 40, my everything and stuff. Uh, so it was just crazy how that all panned out. And it worked out somehow. And they were just like, hey, I think we've seen, we've seen how he plays football player. Uh, you know, talking to my coach and everybody else, they knew I was a high character guy. Uh, I know trouble, stuff like that and everything. They knew, you know, from watching and talking to my coach, you know, leadership was there and everything. And it was just crazy how my agent, Fred Lyles, you know, had his, his connections. And it was just a major preaching point. Like, this guy is not what you're used to coming from a tiny school. He's got the it factor, I guess, uh, that you guys may be looking for. And, hey, take a chance on him. You know, and it's just funny hearing that, uh, talking to, you know, some some player personnel guys and everything before the draft. A lot of them were like third round, fourth round. I was like. Okay, dang, I didn't think it was going to be a high, but okay, hey, you know what <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, and dra yeah, draft weekend come, and I go seventh round. And I literally wrote down every person's name that got drafted before me, the whole draft. So all 215 guys that got drafted before me, their names got wrote down in a notebook, <laughs> team that drafted them, everything. So as you can see, all this, 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 this fire and everything, this chip on my shoulder that's developing, because I'm pissed at this time, honestly. Yeah. I'm literally yeah. just fuming, because I'm like, really, that guy would that, that guy wouldn't be poor? Not saying anything about that certain person, but in my mind, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm better than that guy. I've, I've, I think I've shown on film I'm better, but okay, you know, I'm coming from a small school. Not a problem. Pride so is climbing in I two chips on my shoulder when I get to training camp. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that, that my mindset was, everybody was like, hey, man, you got a good chance of, you know, making the 53. That's, that wasn't even even remotely in my mind. I said, I never wanted to make the 53. I wanted to be one of the guys on the field producing and helping the team win. That 53 is just, you know, that's, that's a roster spot. I, roster spot has never been in my mind. Right. To me, that's not even, that's underachievement. Yeah. That's underachievement. Like, people can always say you can overachieve. I can't even be on the no team. Thing <laughs> overachieving. Yeah, as I said, there's no such thing as overachieving. That's called reaching your potential. Now, you can underachieve, you can underachieve, but you cannot overachieve. There's no such thing. 
Yeah, uh, underachieve yourself, right? Yeah, it's goal yourself yourself. It's goal for us at myself. Yeah. That's where you think you can go, not where you assume you can go. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that was always my mindset. Well, that's we see those guys. We, we see those guys come into buds all the time, right? In our training program, where it's like, you know, they 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 there's an expectation that they're going to do the bare minimum, that they're going to you know just skirt by, right. that they're just gonna they're gonna do enough to just make it. And they all quit. They all go away. They all break mentally. And it's just, it's remarkable that, you know, when people are in that, you know, in that spectrum of performance, that they can allow themselves to lower that standard or, or, or adjust what, what yeah. the, the, the performance threshold needs to be to well, be successful. They didn't want it bad enough in the first place because when the pressure is right. applied is when all that stuff starts going away. You start peeling away. And then what he was talking about earlier. We can get to this later if you want, but hitting at the national championship. Eyes on, I mean, you know what the end game is. Just like we knew graduation was the end game, right? Yep. But you can't focus on that the entire time. Right. You lose yep. sight of it. So all I need to focus on is this push-ups I'm doing right here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And eventually, if, once I do enough push-ups, pull-ups, I'll, I'll get to the end game. Time will, will dictate that. Yeah, exactly. So, Patrick, now you've been drafted your seventh round. You're, you're, that pride has climbed into your mind a little bit. It's, it's gnawing at you. You got that chip building. What happened? How did you shake it? What happened next? And how did you end up earning that spot, you know, playing for the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, yeah, I think, I think one thing I had was, like, I've always had, like, the old school mentality. You know, coming from yeah. a small school, you know, we had, we had three days. or one, two days. We had three days. <laughs> Texas Heat, awesome. So, so you know, it, it was like, and then I had probably the best coach, what I'll consider, you know, best coach as far as getting the most out of his players by knowing how to connect with the players and pushing buttons, Bill Parcells. Wow. So that was excellent that I had him my first three years in the league because it laid the foundation of what you needed to do in order to be successful. And I had great veterans ahead of me. You know, I had Terry Glenn. And I had Keyshawn Johnson as my receivers when I came in. And TJ, TG, Terry Glenn, made the point because Parcells told him, he said, wherever 83 goes, <laughs> I better see 84 right behind him. <laughs> so, wherever, so, so wherever Terry went, I better have been right there behind him if Parcells was going to be there. He better see me coming in right behind him or right next to Terry. I've heard that about uh, Coach oh, he, Parcells. He, he, he's that type of coach. Well, all those players, man. And that, they, they brought him in somewhere because of that. They were like, yeah, man, players just yeah. – respond to him real well well he's got the wooden perspective right yeah he's got i mean he's he cut he's cut from the john wooden class of coaches is that you know you take the you take the player you know you escalate and you pull as much as humanly possible at that player now they might not be the superstar they might be the you know the spot player they might be you know the off the bench player they might be whatever But they will in that yeah. space. They will perform at their highest capacity, and that's remarkable. Yeah. So we could see what the talent was, and, and that's what it was, and that's exactly what it was. Yeah, he, he's got that knack for bringing it all out of you and and making you hit your potential. He's never he's not going to let you underachieve. If you're going to underachieve, he's not going to have you around at all. Because mm-hmm. if he sees something in you that at that point maybe you're like, God dang, shoot, you know, whatever. If he sees it in you, he's going to bring it out of you. So either you're going to step up to the plate or you're going to sit in the dugout and watch everybody swing. You know, that's, that's, wow. that's just the way it was. And then the way he connected, because whenever we would have our conversations out on the field sometimes, whether it was like, say, it's special teams period, we wouldn't even talk about football. He asked me about things in life. You know, how you doing, kid? You know, what kind of car are you driving now? Like, Coach, I got yeah. a truck. What kind of truck you got? I, <laughs> nice truck. It's a nice truck. Hey, hey, don't, don't. Don't go right here and blowing your money on all that fancy stuff. You haven't made any money yet. Take your time. It's going to be all right. You know, be good. Take care of your family. You know, so you got a girlfriend? You know what? Yes, sir. You know, I do. Okay. Well, you know. How's she dealing with the, you know, with the, with the change and everything? I was like, well, first time I've heard, you know, I thought about how, like, you know, the significant wow. other is dealing with, you know, playing and, you know, dealing with being a professional athlete, significant other. It's like, okay, wow, we're not even talking about football. So that's when it came to, you're not even thinking about football and feeling depressed. You're just out there playing now. Yeah. He takes it yeah. off you because he, he understands the, the humanistic perspective of, of all the pressures yeah. of being a professional athlete. Well, he's, 
ultimately he was he was he was the the leader on the field because what what that does it takes off the pressure off of the players and puts it right on him so as as a good coach i mean that's what he's doing he's walking around he'll see that pressure somewhere military leaders do that as well well great skippers right i I mean i exactly i had a i mean i remember my first skipper at seal team one he's a former damn nick guy and he would come out and we'd do these uh, mock training missions or these FTXs, and he would, next thing you know, they're getting ready to jump out of a C-130, and the guy in the last guy in the stick and the line jumping out, he'd turn around, and there's the CO, the skipper, all jocked up wearing, carrying a belt-fed machine gun, and he's going to jump in as just like he's a door kicker. And that kind of camaraderie, the awareness of what guys are going through and the ability to, to propel performance in all those ways – it made our team better. Yeah. It made it more cohesive and hey. that we knew he was carrying the burden. Oh, and uh, the ghetto was standing there when uh, half Halfley got shot. Right. And I come running up there, and, th- and my skipper's standing right over the top of me. He goes, let's see what you got, kid. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> God, I hope you took all the pressure, skipper, because, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, oh, that's yeah. good. He just stood there like he should. Yeah, I mean, that, cool. that, in the face of someone, you know, someone just got shot and was dying. He's just standing there, let's see what you got. That's cool. Well, Patrick, when when you get those great mentors, because not only the co- your coach, but also, I mean, working with the guys that you had around you. I mean, these are some of the legends of 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 Dallas Cowboy football legends in the NFL in terms of receivers. What kind of messaging were they teaching you that then you know you've kept with you, and now you may teach young kids or whatever? What were those core messages that they were sharing with you? Their, their biggest thing was they showed me how to be a professional. What it took to prepare on the field is more important that you had to do off the field to be ready to even step in between those white lines. You know, it's it's, it's the small little stuff. Make sure you take care of yourself eating-wise and in the weight room and cold tub and treatment and everything you had to do, film study, everything. The, the, it's the little bitty stuff that a lot of – you know, people never hear about and never gets talked about and preached about, you know, on radio or anything like that. It's the small stuff you do. So they, they taught me how to, you know, Wednesdays and Thursdays were our long days. So Wednesdays and Thursday nights after I left the complex uh, from watching practice and everything and stuff, I would take our DVDs that they would make for us, and I would go home another hour, hour and a half, and just watch film with the opponent. Cool. It was all about knowing you got to know your opponent better than he knows himself. So you know exactly what to expect when he lines up across from you. So nothing comes at you as a surprise. And then you can go out there, you can just play football. You ain't got to do all that thinking. You can go out there and play football. Okay, this will be we got third. We got third and seven. You know they like to do this. They bring a certain blitz. They're going to play this defense on third and seven. Bam. These are the plays that we got in our play sheet for this week against third and seven. That's what we're thinking about thinking. So a lot of times we'd be in the huddle, and I would know what play was going to be called by down and distance a lot of times. And when he would start to play, I would finish the play. Me and Whit, no lie. We would finish <laughs> the play most of the time. we finished the play back then. We already breaking the huddle. And we'll do it. We're going to communicate with the other. So that film study that I learned and how to, 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 to dissect defenses, I was able to pass it on to guys younger than me that would come in. I'd be like, hey, watch this right here. That's what they do on this certain play. On this right here, this is what they're going to do. Watch this guy right here. This is what he does. If you see his feet do this stuff right there, watch him because he may be trying to quick jam you. If he's doing this, watch him because he's either going to try to fake quick jam and he's going to bail. That's what they're going to do on his defense. Watch the save. They like to rock and roll. So it's just, it's just, it's just so much stuff you got to put into it and everything to prep yourself to be great. Well, if, if, if the guy who, the senior guy who's been around does something like that and you said the, the new guys, the rookies coming in, man, that's the standard. They don't know any different, yeah, right? You're coming that's, in that's, pros, that's man, that's, and that's yeah. how you make the team better. Right. That's how the team mm-hmm. gets better. All it takes is one a guy like you to slip into the team, even if, there, if no one else did that, and start passing it down to the new guys, and then it, it, it just, then it's standard. Well, yep, that is the standard. Well, and, and the cool thing, I think, like playing for the Dallas Cowboys or being a SEAL you know, there's the legacy that's that's attached to it as well. So you, yeah. you, you're not going to, you're not, and the expectation of the organization, you know, they demand that prep, you know, that prep work, that commitment level, you know, in our world, you know, that the, the, the standard for us are all the guys that we've lost and, and all the guys that have, you know, done the amazing things that they do, our friends that are, you know, multiple bronze stars winner, silver stars winner, Navy Cross winners, all that. 
you know, that's the standard by that we have to adhere to. And when that can stay and that becomes a focus part of the culture, it, you know, that really drives, uh, you know, the overall objective. Did you feel that as a Dallas Cowboy? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know, growing up in it, you, you, you understand the folklore almost that comes with wearing the star on your helmet. You're held to a higher standard maybe than some other franchises that don't have that history. Right. So whenever you put that star on, that star just attracts attention. So you are rehearsed on knowing that whatever you do, wearing this star for the Dallas Cowboys is going to be magnified two, three times more than, say, a Jacksonville Jaguar or a Cleveland Brown or someone that's in a smaller market is going to be Miami Dolphins that much more. Miami Dolphins. <laughs> 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 it's going to be magnified that much more. So you had to be very, very cognizant of what you did outside of the complex, outside the field, whenever you were doing interviews, everything. It was going to be magnified. So you had to be careful to do what you had to do uh, and kind of walk a line. Oh, as soon as you put that star on, you're a diff- you're identified as a different person. You're a Dallas Cowboy. Hey, hands down. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Yep. Uniform yeah. all, man. That's that's when uh, <laughs> when they reference them. It's oh, it's Dallas Cowboy. But you know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, totally, totally, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, wherever they're at. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, I got a question for you. Did you ever, you know, I, you know, because you always hear the folklore about. You know, making it to the NFL is one thing, but staying yeah. in the NFL is an totally different, different Wait. animal. Did you ever, as in, as you hit that point where you're like, "All right, I'm here. I can relax. I'm here. I've made it. I'm over that hump." Um, you know, and did you ever hit that, or did you just keep the focus and the drive and the commitment level? What, what, or did you catch yourself at any time? You know, having that ab or flow. I, I approached every season like I was going to get cut. Wow. Every year. Every year, that's how I approached the training camp. That's how I approached every training camp. I, I could be getting cut. I could be getting cut right now. People were like, dude, you, you, you pressing. You pressing and just, God dang. He said, you do everything great and everything. You're going to be good, man. It's me. I got to wear Nah, but I said, they always bring in someone you, someone new. Because they look and try to replace somebody. Right. Every, Every year. year. That's, the purpose. That's the purpose of the draft. I said, I don't get younger. No. I said, the people behind me are always younger. Every year I get older, they bring in a younger guy. That's every year a guy has on me age wise. I said, I have to know what I'm doing mentally and keep training harder and harder each year so I can stay ahead of you guys. No. Because mentally, you guys can't challenge me and will never be that way. So Interesting. I have to admit. Men, mentally, I got to be stronger than you guys because that's how that's my edge over you guys. You guys may be faster than me, or whatever stuff like that. But mentally, you can't touch what I can do on this field. Uh, I mean, we were talking earlier. You watch the pros differently now that you are a pro. I, yeah. I would imagine, and you watch college football for fun. I would imagine if there's somebody playing college ball that yep. plays your position that is really, really good, you'd be watching that a little differently too. I am too. Yep. With the college player? Yeah, the college player, yeah, because that's up and comer. You yeah, can yeah, see yeah. them. Oh, yeah. Know, in our community, we can't. We have no idea who's coming. No, no, no. We, we, they, all, they show up at the <laughs> team. and You watch and, and, this dude for four yeah, years, but, man, but, coming but, up. Yeah, but our, you know, our, our thing is, I, it's, you know, when you're in a platoon, you got a guaranteed spot, right? Well, not a guaranteed spot, but you got a spot in the platoon, and the draft isn't coming, right? You're going to get a small group of new guys, your deal to train them up, but it's not like they're going to. Oh, take, you may not even get them. Yeah, yeah, right. you're, they're yeah. not going to. Oh, you, you know, yeah, what yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. see, the new guy isn't going to come take your position as the head sniper. Correct. Whereas for Patrick, that new guy, which is crazy because of how much experience he has. It, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't but, even weigh in. It, but now that we, I've never even thought about it like that. I mean, you guy be on team, yeah, five six years putting out every season. Some kid comes up underneath him. That experience doesn't really, and they spend and they spend twenty million dollars or whatever yeah. crazy number yeah. it is. They made twenty sudden, million dollars. Yeah. I promise you, I can run faster. Ha, 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 what? I'll figure it out. <laughs> 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 All right. So, so as you as you did progress in your in, in your career and you, and you made the move over to San Diego, did the pressure change? Did your mindset change? Did anything change, or or did you still say, uh, you know, I, I'm here? I'm going to give you everything I have, no matter what. 
24-7, man. 24-7. Mindset stayed the exact same. New team means just a new challenge. And now you know what I owe. Okay, what I, what I was doing that this other team knew what I could do and everything. This team here, even though they traded for me and brought me in, they still might not know exactly what I can do because everything can look different on film. When you get somebody in public in front of your face day to day, it could be something different. You know what? Now I, now I got to get even more focused right now because now I got to see that and show them that whatever they traded for and brought me in, it was worth them trading for me to bring in. Oh, we have that. I mean, in our community, too, you leave one team and go to the other, they know where you yeah. came from. And there's a reputation yeah, behind exactly. every team. And if you fall, depending on where you fall in, if you haven't helped you, you fall in the middle of a workup or after a workup with us. I mean, the respect, <laughs> you have to earn that respect in a, in a short amount of time. And it's the same way with you. Right. I would imagine there's a reputation that follows being a, a Dallas Cowboy. And then when you get to the team, you have to deal with that reputation on top of pre- you have to prove yourself right Again, so you got, start from scratch yeah it doesn't matter what That's came it. with you man because all them guys in that team are, are are jockeying for it too so yeah right so what one of the great things that i love a lot uh, you know because there is a, a a lot of negativity that uh kind of confronts uh whether it's professional athletes at the highest level of their game separating and going into civilian life whether it's in our world in the special operations community, it's a it's an ex, it's a it's a challenging transition. How has that transition been for you? And what did you do in terms of, all right, you know that's done. I'm going to redirect my focus into becoming an entrepreneur to working with charities. How, how how did it happen for you? And what advice can you give to other athletes that are doing it, or to military personnel, or or to even people at the performing at the highest level in their career, transitioning into another. What great advice can you give them, Patrick? I, I think that the the most thing is if you realize that whatever profession you're in, that and especially with the one I was in, that this is not going to last forever. The vets taught me this, you know, at a young age. Uh, coming in that this ain't gonna last forever when you start playing a few years and everything start thinking about what you're going to do after it start prepping for that start preparing for that while you're still playing so when you get done you move in from the football field to the office or to wherever you're going to go into uh you're already kind of prepared and you're kind of mentally ready to be like okay this one is done next chapter so business doesn't stop you know, you're still going to have that daily grind and you're still going to have that same mentality about, you know what, this is what I got to do to keep taking care of my family and providing for my family. And we we just naturally as athletes and, and whatever you're in, uh, men, we just naturally have a more competitive nature than women. So men, we, we, yeah. we compete. We're going to compete or whatever. I don't care if it's a spin contest or, or anything. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. We're going to compete. So now... I had to take the same mentality from the football field that I'm going to keep competing. And this is something I want to do because that drive, you just can't turn a drive switch on and off. A drive is a drive. Yeah. It, it, it has you. It has you going. It, it steers you. It's what, it's what that drive still pushes, still pushes. Take that drive that you have on that football field and put that same passion, that same work ethic into whatever you want to do once football is done. And if you still have that same drive that right. you had on the yeah. football field and you apply it to the regular nine to five stuff, you'll still be completely successful and, and keep continuing to, to be the same person that you are. Cause it can't change regardless of your profession. It can't change who you are. Cause you're still gonna always be that person. But if you still had that same drive, you won't change, change what you're doing. Like, you know, yeah. yeah, you just change what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, perfect, man. I, I, you realize like there's, there's two types of, types of people, right? There's the special people who can do anything and then there's, uh, they're gifted, I guess. And then yeah. there's the ones that have to have the work ethic. And it's important to remember yeah. all that drive, whether it's gifted or it's a work ethic, as whatever you're doing during your young adult life, being a football player or a Navy SEAL, it's, that's just what you're doing. You are that already, right? It's, it's yep. that coming ethic, out of you. A gift and that ethic, you, it's all pushed on one thing. So remember, when you get out, that part's not gone. And uh, the problem is a lot of people like to shut it down because they call it a problem. Yeah. Uh, they label it like right. uh, that, you know, uh, square, it's called squared away. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? You yeah. can focus it on something. Yeah. So take all that drive that you use to become the best Navy SEAL or the best football player and apply it into whatever right. it is. You, you Anything. Because you can, I mean, if you can be a professional football player your entire life or a Navy SEAL, you can be trained to do anything. 
or t- and take Correct. anything for that matter. So just remember, I mean, you ought to have a smile on your face when you when you come out of those fields. Just like it doesn't matter what it is, I'm going to do good at it. Awesome. That's it. That's that's exactly it. That's the exact mindset you got to have. You know, you got to know hey, the day the day the day doesn't stop just because it becomes nighttime. It's gonna start back over the very next day. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, Patrick, thank you so much. Uh, that wraps this segment up. We we're, we really appreciate it. We're looking forward to get you on in the after actions report, and uh, so you can tell everybody the how to you approach with your everyday your performance. Uh, we just can't thank you enough for spending time with us here on the Team Never yeah, Quit man, podcast. Great. So, thank you very much, Patrick. Man, I, I I thank you guys. Man, you guys are great, wonderful. I appreciate what you guys have done for our country, man, and other Navy SEALs as well as all the armed forces, you know, because without the the work that you guys put in, nothing what I ever done would ever been possible and nothing, you know, as far as the liberties that we have, uh, wouldn't be possible at all, man. We still get to enjoy life every day. And every day I'm six feet above instead of six feet below. Man, a lot of that has to do with you guys. So I thank you guys and I really, really appreciate it. Amen. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. What I love about that guy is how he proves the never quit attitude can shift on a dime. He literally hit that point. He had messed up. He couldn't keep his grades. He was distracted. He was selfish. All of a sudden, he finds the Lord, finds Christ, boom, shifts his entire life and gets dedicated to go to the highest possible level. You hear me say, uh, there's those guys out there you can just stand next to and learn a lot from. Totally. Don't say anything. and. Every year when I go down to Florida, down at Exos, and and the combine guys are coming in to go into the show, man, it's it's guys like this that that come down and mentor them. I mean, the really? Whole, oh yeah. What's that I, like? I mean, oh, I just like being a part of it, watching it unfold, and then after doing it for I think 10, 11 years now, man, I'm integrated in kind of the mental coach. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's I go down there for my own physical therapy, but we we. Oh, we work out with each other, and we live in the same area. We eat together and stuff like that. So, it, over the years, all the military guys coming in, and then you got these professional athletes down there working together and watching that unfold, and watching how 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 those guys get ready for that that combine because it, it is man. There's a difference. I mean, you got the best players out of college are, are going into the pros, right? We were saying what the difference yep. in that was, man. It's such a high level, and even the mental game changes. I mean, everything has to be. It, at the at the highest level, just to even to get in there, to and even get was, looked at, and, and it was, it's, it's because of guys like this that come down, like Patrick, that see past just being a player. We were talking about our careers as seals, man. There's an end game, can't yep. be one forever. Same way with sports, athletes, and to to have as much fun as you possibly can while you're playing, then understand there's something after that that you have to go do. Then uh, it's uh, that's man, that's just just priceless information. Yeah, it is. So, uh, you know, we always like to close the show out and and say thanks to everybody. So, Marcus, who are you thankful for in your life? And uh, I like to thank the good Lord for giving me my abilities. You know, my friends for helping me find them. Uh, thank you to my wife. I love you very much. And uh, hey, thanks to all the the athletes out there that get up every day and go through that grind, man, and push through all that pain and, and suffering just to uh, to give us those Sundays, right? <laughs> I love it. I'm I'm thankful for the Lord, and I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for you, Wizard Marcus, for giving me the opportunity to do this show with you guys. And I'm thankful for being an athlete. I spent so many years of my life focused on that and and having a, a, a deep, profound appreciation for what Patrick and all his brothers do out there and all the women out there at their highest level, too. I, I thank you all for providing that entertainment to us and, and the dedication, which translates to our listener. And I'm thankful to the listeners because what we're doing here is providing you an opportunity to hear the stories that that make the difference in people's lives so you can taste some of that never quit mentality and begin to apply it in your life. If you want to hear more of those stories, please visit tnqpodcast.com or go to iTunes and subscribe to our show and have it on demand morning, noon, and nights, just the Team Never Quit podcast. And you too can begin to allow that spirit, that information to sink in so great stories can ignite the legend in you. I'm out. I'm out.
never quit. Team never quit. Team never quit. Radio.